to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hello, sleuths. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for locksmiths with secret workshops. Mm. <laughs> yes, Kelly, today we are discussing Nancy Drew and the Phantom of Pine Hill, and I have a thought for you to ponder. Yay! Hit me. Would you rather have to solve a mystery for a man you don't know, and when you get to his house, he calls you and your friends a bevy of beautiful detectives... Or would you rather go to an Emerson College fraternity awards? You can stop there. <laughs> <laughs> an Emerson College fraternity awards ceremony. I mean, to be honest, I didn't even need to hear the second option. I would, I will, I would love to solve a man for. I would love to solve a man. I would love to solve a mystery for, for anyone. Even um, if he's giving you creepster vibes. I mean, don't all of these people give you a little bit of creepster vibes? In these books, but not in real life. You, you don't. Oh, ha- you- well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I'm not talking about in the Nancy Drew universe. I'm talking about you, Kelly. Understood. Um, yeah, I mean, that would probably feel maybe semi-problematic in the moment. Um, I don't love calling any grown man who is not a family member uncle that... I don't. Oh, hi, hi, baby cat in the background. Oh, I apologize. You may have to do some extra editing. <laughs> no, it's to, no, we're not editing that cat out. Which which flavor is that? That's the orange. That Fifi? That's the orange, the orange cat, flavor. Fiona Apple. Yeah. yeah, she's got quite the set of pipes on her. <laughs> um, no, I would definitely solve the mystery. I love that you would solve the mystery. I think I think yeah. that's admirable. Yeah, the Emerson College activities seem like highly unappealing. I don't know. To me, at least. I think I I, I would go Emerson. I would go would you? fraternity award ceremony. Yeah. I am. Could, could you please say more about that? I am very surprised at this answer. I don't want to go stay in the house of a man I don't know who wants me to call him Uncle John. Yeah. I don't like not, that. That's not the best. And... I don't know. It's kind of better the the devil you know than the devil you don't know. Like at the Emerson College Fraternity Awards, there was free food. There were free drinks. It's true. It was boring. I mean, there was that. I mean, yeah. But I I get your point. I'd go for the meal. <laughs> there were probably no concussions at the no. at the award ceremony. Nary a ghost in sight. <laughs> no phantoms. <laughs> Well, Karen, we've really uh, two for two roads have diverged in a forest on this one. They have. They. Have. I've never felt so different from you in my whole life. Really, this was what. I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Kelly, I would love for you to fire up the PA system today because we have a daily announcement. I. I, I don't know how to fire up the PA system other than to say, let's do daily announcements. And <laughs> I it appears that we have mail time. Yes. Was this was this electronic mail or has someone figured out where you live? This was electronic mail. It came Thrilled to, to hear that. It's a clue podcast yes. at gmail.com. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so if anyone else would like to send us mail at that address, we love to get it. Nice plug. <laughs> Thank well, you. 
Hey, um, okay. So I think I am going to read this mail time from Shauna and the subject line was super sleuth suggestion. <gasps> I dive in. Hi, Karen and Kelly. I wanted to let you know, I really enjoy your podcast. Thanks, Shauna. I was rather sorry when I got all caught up because now I have to wait for each new episode. Uh-huh. I recently came across a series of books that seem like you that seem like they would be right up your alley. Diana Peter Freund. Freund. I think P-E-T- Peter. Fr- yeah. Diana P. Peter Freund has written <laughs> has written a series of YA mysteries based on the Clue board game. Oh, this is cool. The first one is called In the Hall with the Knife. I am about halfway through it and I'm getting some truly devious vibes. Oh, I love those books. As it takes place in an elite boarding school mm. in the middle of nowhere. Uh. Yes thought of you guys when I came across it and wanted to let you know happy sleuthing <gasps> Shauna thank you so much for the book rec you are completely right that I mean I know I speak for Karen as well when I say we both love like a boarding school mystery situation yep. I'm still waiting for my owl oh the, I love a campus a campus sleuthing and absolutely I have already ordered this book from my local have you? my local independent bookstore and I cannot wait to read it nice I'll I'll do the same thing I'm very excited um also there is apparently a touring like Broadway style production of Clue stop yeah, like happening imminently. Check your local listings, people. Oh, I would love to see that. Yeah. But awesome suggestion. Thank you so much. And yeah, if anybody has any other suggestions for us for Super Sleuths, please feel free to reach out. Thanks, Sean. We love hearing from y'all. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what have you been up to, sis? Oh, Kelly. Oh? I, oh. I am getting... This feels This feels heavy. It. Well, speaking of, I'm getting very good at shoveling. <laughs> shoveling snow specifically (laughs) my how's your back and knees my back and knees are not good and my attitude toward Mm -hmm. it remains Mm. poor poor i would say i would imagine yeah i would give my snow shoveling attitude a d plus Mm. that's that's higher than i would give it and i haven't had to shove well that's not true i did have to shovel some snow but it's the worst. You never realize how long your driveway is until you begin to shuffle it, and then it becomes a football field. <laughs> it's totally true. Man. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's going on. But um, I have a couple of cute things to tell you. This was the highlight of my last two weeks. At Roller Derby, we all got matching warm-up jackets. So I now have a warm-up jacket that has my name and number on it. And I feel <gasps> I feel real. I feel like a real roller derby girl now. Oh, my now. gosh. That's so exciting. It's great. I wear it all the time. All the time. Do you want to share with our listeners what your derby name is? Oh, yes. My derby name is Sylvia Rath. <laughs> so good. Poetic so good. derby girl. Um, the other yeah. thing I wanted to tell you that's so cute, we have picture day coming up. Like, like like a like for the yearbook exactly yeah oh yeah karen you're gonna go right oh absolutely i'm so excited i kind of have grade school picture day ptsd i'm like oh i hope my bangs oh, don't sure. look weird but i'm also very excited <laughs> oh god bangs that's so fun i'm very excited when you order the prints please make sure you get one for me yeah i'll get one for you on like a magnet or like a baseball card type of thing you know we'll go real 90s with it (laughs) that'd be great i would love to put it in my wallet oh my gosh well you'll keep me in your wallet that makes me feel so good yeah i'll put it in my wallet um 
next to all you know i you will be the only picture in my wallet you don't have your cat in there no (laughs) (laughs) i'm shocked (laughs) i haven't actually ordered um wallet size portraits of my of my cat why not kelly i think it's i think it's important that everyone knows that (laughs) i'd like to be really clear on that um but but that's super exciting yeah that's kind of it for me um not much else to report the weather's been terrible so can't really do much but yeah anyway tell me about your world um i would love to tell you about my world i Okay, uh, there's I there's nothing much to tell, Karen. I um, Crescent City three um, just came out yesterday, which is the new Sarah J. Moss book. Oh, highly anticipated, exciting. Yes, I skedaddled right on down to my bookstore to pick up my pre order copy, and thrilled, very excited. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Like probably not since Twilight <laughs> have I been this excited about a book release day that's a big deal because we love twilight (laughs) i oh man i i do love twilight have you seen oh this actually is a lead into my next point but i i went to the i went to the mall i have i have been to the mall which i have not been to the mall in like a long long time how'd it go it was so good (laughs) It was great. I can't. I can't recommend it enough. I, I, I gotta say, there's a big difference between going to the mall when you have money and going to the mall when you have no money and you're your kid. Ah, uh, yes, you know? yes. Yeah. So I went to the mall and we went to the Lego store and we went to the candy store. Ooh. And it was yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Um, but did you see that there is going to be a Twilight Lego set? No. Yes, Karen. I take my money. Take yeah. all my money. Yeah, it's it's the it's the Cullen's house from the movie. Oh, like the, awesome. Yeah, it's great. Um, I mostly just want the minifigs. That's what I was gonna say. I I love the little people. Yeah. I, I I need all of the Collins as Lego people. That's very important <laughs> to me. Um so yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of my stuff. That's yeah. great. Now I kinda wanna go to the mall. I mean I recommend it. Maybe I will. Maybe I maybe will. you should. It's a, you know, it's a great like rainy slash snowy day activity. You're so right. I want a hot pretzel with yep. some hot cheese. Yep. Maybe a boba. Mm. Oh, that. Hmm. <laughs> All right. There's a hot take. Really? A good old Ann Arbor mall boba. Yeah. Winter boba. It's yeah. good. Love it. Um. Any 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 recommendation station woo woo moments? Oh, I was so scared you weren't gonna make the noise. Can you just say it again? Karen, have I say learned it. nothing? Say it like I'm you sorry. mean it. Say I'm, it. I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm cracking my neck a little bit. Okay, it's time for recommendation station woo woo. Thank you so much. Now I feel prepared to, to make a recommendation. <laughs> great. Um, I have a great one for you this week. Oh, okay. This is not meant to come across as a humble brag, but it is context that I must provide. Uh, In a few weeks, when I am visiting you in Cincinnati at a work event I will be attending, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be interviewing this author. Her name is Darcy Little Badger, Dr. Darcy Little Mm -hmm. Badger. Uh, She's amazing. I have been rereading her first book. Well, maybe not her first book, but first to me ever book. It is called Alatsoe. And... The prequel to that book is coming out soon. So it is a great time to Mm. either reread or read this book. Awesome. 
I, I will check it out. Can I read you the synopsis of this book? Please. You will see why I'm recommending it to you and our audience. Alatsoe, Ellie for short, lives in an alternate contemporary America shaped by the ancestral magics and knowledge of its indigenous and immigrant groups. She can raise the spirits of dead animals, most importantly, her ghost dog, Kirby. When Love her- it. <laughs> yep. Just wait. When her beloved cousin dies, all signs point to a car crash, but his ghost tells her otherwise. He was murdered. Mm-hmm. Who killed him and how did he die? Mm-hmm. With the help of her family, her best friend Jay, and the memory of her great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother, Alatsue must track down the killer and unravel the mystery of this creepy town and its dark past. But will the nefarious townsfolk and a mysterious doctor stop her before she gets started? A breathtaking debut novel featuring an asexual Apache teen protagonist, Alatsue combines mystery, horror, noir, ancestral knowledge, haunting illustrations, and fantasy elements in one of the most talked about debuts of the year. Okay, tea for time. So the, I mean, that all sounds amazing. I'm definitely reading this. But is this the one that's getting, is this the prequel or is this the one you're rereading right now? This is the one that currently exists. Got it. Okay, great. That makes sense. So yeah, it, it is a debut novel. Yes. And so then the prequel comes out in 2024. Awesome. And I have an advanced reader's copy and I can't wait to start it. What's what's this one that's out called? Alatsoe. E-L- it's, it's Alatsoe. Okay. E-L-A-T-S-O-E. I hope I'm saying that right. I, I've been listening to the audiobook as well, and I believe that mm-hmm. is the correct pronunciation, but... I am going to order that from my bookstore. You will. As well as the Clue book. Love it. I was informed yesterday, side sidebar, while I was picking up my my new Crescent City, that if I, if I purchase eight books before, like, May 1st, I get a $25 gift card. And I was like, hold my beer. Not a problem. Not going to be an issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you for the recommendation, and I'm excited to hear how your interview goes. Yes. Well, you can hear the interview. I will. Unless, I will absolutely listen to it. Unless I mess it up by being too much of a fangirl, in which case I, you won't hear the interview. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's possible. I do. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't. I think it's adorable. And also, I if I were an author... I would be super psyched to have fangirls. Speaking of, do you know who else we'll be interviewing? Who? You're not going to believe it. Who? Casey McQuiston. <gasps> Shut your mouth. Can you get my books autographed for me, please? I'd be delighted to. So for those would who you? don't know, Casey McQuiston is the author of perhaps most famously Red, White, and Royal Blue, which is now a movie. Uh, she also wrote most recently I Kissed Shara Wheeler and... My favorite of her books, One Last Stop. and That's your favorite one. I Interesting. loved One Last Stop, big time. Huh. Yeah. All right. That's a very exciting one yeah. for me, at least. Yay. Anyway, awesome. I, I digress. I have so many recommendations today. What do you have to recommend? Uh, well, I can really provide a counterbalance to this segment because I have nothing. I have no recommendations. I just simply cannot finish a book right now i'm still reading the same two things i was reading last time we talked so well hopefully you finished the nancy drew book we're about to talk about i i did (laughs) i did finish nancy (laughs) drew i decided this was not the one that i was going to fake my way through although i do get one of those Uh, you haven't used it yet i have not used it yet interesting although offense (laughs) (laughs) unintended not what i meant (laughs) 
I just used mine um, in like week three. So <laughs> we were a little further than that. I'm 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 saving up for for a real good excuse. Okay. All right. I look forward to this. Yeah. Great. We'll see if you can if you can tell. I'll be able to suss it out. I'm sure. Yeah, we probably will. <laughs> <laughs> well, with uh, that being said, do you want to talk about Nancy? I would love to. All right. I would like to introduce this book. I have two bullet points. Mm-hmm. This book is called Nancy Drew and the Phantom of Pine Hill. <laughs> it is. Was that bullet point one? <laughs> no, I'm not done with bullet point one yet. It is. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> book number 42 in the Nancy Drew mystery series. It was published in 1965 and written by Harriet Stratemeyer Adams, who you may know by her pen name. I almost said ghost name. <laughs> by her ghost name. Her ghost name? Carolyn Keene. My second bullet point, and this is not a fun one, we need to address the elephant in the room about this book. This book should either be completely rewritten or entirely removed from the Nancy Drew canon for very disrespectful depiction of indigenous people. Yes. Uh, The words that are used are not acceptable. We have people that are not Native Americans dressing up as Native Americans, uh, the things that they are saying as they are pretending to be Native Americans are wildly inappropriate. And I... Yeah, it's just all bad. Like, the co- the, the historical context that they're giving for various situations is incorrect and egregiously... Offensive. Yes, offensive. <laughs> Everyone needs to know that about this book. Just be aware. Be aware. And it, someone rewrite it because the story is good if you remove all of the absolutely blatant racism from it. So that is my soapbox moment. However, we are going to now move into the super fast plot overview. And so to add some levity to the heaviness that I just put upon you, I tried to make this as funny as possible today because I want you to read it, Kelly. I would be so pleased to do so. Oh, thank you for doing that. The Clue crew goes to Emerson College for a big June event, and when they arrive, their motel is booked up. But not to worry, Ned's pal has a slightly creepy uncle with available rooms at his giant estate, and this creepy uncle also happens to need a mystery solved. Coinky dinks. Nancy, Bess, and George move into the estate of Mr. Rorick for the perceivable future, and learn from his housekeeper that a phantom has been flitting about in the night. While they're there, the locked-up library is ransacked, hidden cash is pilfered, and Nancy's pearl necklace is removed from the premises. Curious. We also learn that Mr. Rorick's family has been hunting a lost heirloom treasure that sank with a boat many years ago. Perhaps this is why a phantom is lurking about the grounds. The alleged treasure was a marriage gift from the Queen of France to the bride of one of Mr. Rorick's ancestors, and it included a super swanky wedding dress, a literal boatload of gold, and a super secret surprise that is purported to be worth a ton of USD, aka United States dollars. Nancy and co. keep encountering a haphazard young man named Fred, who spills a bunch of drinks on Nancy at every Emerson College function, but also happens to work at the Rorick estate. He basically faints every time Nancy walks in the room because she is so beautiful, and she starts to suspect that A, he might somehow be involved in the phantom shenanigans, and B, there are secret passages located throughout the house. 
after a scuba diving expedition to uncover a sunken ship, an illegal archaeological expedition in which an ancient skeleton is uncovered, and several concussions for basically everyone in this book, we figure out that Fred's father is a nefarious lockpicker and safecracker who has been breaching the Rorick estate, via Fred, to plunder the riches and try to thief the missing French treasure. In the most epic ending of any Nancy Drew novel to date, Bess exhibits ultimate heroism and saves the lives of the rest of the Clue crew by hurling a massive book into the face of Fred's father. Daddy Fred confesses immediately to all of his crimes, and Nancy figures out where to dig up the missing treasure. The wedding dress is recovered, along with approximately one bazillion gold coins and two tiny portraits of French royalty. Mr. Rorick is very happy and throws a dinner party, then donates these very meh French portraits to whichever female of the Clue crew marries first. No one wants them, so they go back to River Heights and never look back. The end! Kelly, that was a fantastic rendering. Thank you for your artistry. Thank you, thank you Karen. Always a pleasure to surf. So at this time, I would like you to share with me your general thoughts and musings, a.k.a. your GT&Ms. Love to. Um, this this book was like truly the best of times and the worst of times. Um, the solutions were all way too obvious. Like Fred in a secret passage with his dad <laughs> was very obvious from like chapter two. Yeah. Um, that being said, George gets to be like a total... I we're not supposed to swear, right? Um You can say this word. Okay, George gets to be a total badass. She's like chopping down doors with an axe. <laughs> um Bess saves the day with her wiles. Mm-hmm. Uh there is a squirt gun full of knockout juice used by <laughs> Papa Fred. And like people are just getting like falling down, oh, getting God. knocked out all over the place. Also, my notes say quote a full beast library oh yes i had the same reaction to the library in this book Mm -hmm. loved it so yeah like all in all a win except for all the horrible stuff (laughs) well said well said yeah except for all the parts that were terrible it was fine yeah (laughs) what did you think yeah i this one's a challenging one for me because yes to everything that we have said prior um i I really felt like this was written by someone else and I was surprised that it wasn't because very suddenly we were in full romance territory with Nancy and Ned. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like flirt city up in this book, which was very unusual. But also it was so usual in other ways with lots of our most common Nancy tropes, I will say, um, which we will discuss momentarily. So... Not a helpful general thought and musing. I'm still not sure how I feel about this book. <laughs> it was fine. It it could it could go away and nobody would be upset. I mean, I think there were for sp- all of the reasons previously discussed. Well, we should talk about our favorite parts though, because there are some really amazing parts in this book. Okay, individual moments. I will say some moms. Yeah. So. There's a lot to discuss in this category of real world River Heights, so I think we should both just throw in our 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 favorites. Great. It is the spiciest Nancy Drew novel we've had to date. Things are very much heating up <laughs> between Nancy and Ned. 
sure are. Do you, you want to go into some detail? Yeah, you talk about Ned a little. I want to hear your take on this because I already said I was shocked. <laughs> um, no, I had a similar reaction. Just they, um, they like kissed in public, and they're they feel very they feel a lot more boyfriend girlfriend than casual dating. Yes. Yes. In this book, I think like yep. this felt like okay, they're they're together together. Not it wasn't as much. Ned is the boy that Nancy occasionally goes out with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's like this crew crew event, you know, where there's like a race between two crew teams. Yeah, boats and a boat belt. <laughs> boats, yeah, <laughs> big big paddle paddle boats with paddles and and rows. Um, and Ned, of course, is rowing on the Emerson College boat and of course they end up winning by like you know it's it's a photo finish at the end but Emerson wins and uh yeah when he when he wins and you know struggles off his boat exhausted she she kisses him right in public like first on PDA and Nancy Drew that I remember absolutely I I gasped aloud yeah big time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um also like And I don't even have a good example of this. Maybe you do. But, like, they're just very flirty with each other. Mm -hmm. And she's blushing a lot. And, you know, he's, like, picking her up and carrying her around, like, through crowds. And, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. I know. They're just making people uncomfortable left and right. I I was slightly uncomfortable. I was like, (laughs) y'all. This this is quite the escalation. It was. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> We've never even been seen holding hands. So, um, yeah. There also there. There's one moment, and maybe you want to talk about this. But um, Ned gets made president of his fraternity. Yeah, yeah. This you should talk about that. This is related to my "Would you rather" at the beginning about the oh. Emerson College fraternity award ceremony. I have to say it so slowly. Um, he, yeah, he becomes the president and everyone's just like, you know, basically hoisting him up on their arms and here, here, cheers to this fellow. And it made me like him less, honestly, because I, I just was looking around the proverbial imaginary room and I'm like, are these the people that would have bullied me as a youth? Like, I think they might be. <laughs> I mean, probably. Not in my scene. Pro- probably. <laughs> yeah, this, this wasn't our crowd for sure. I, I didn't like Ned less because of it, but I, I had another like, Nancy Ned shipping moment on this because at one point after he gets elected and everybody's cheersing him they're start they're talking about the like um the private inaug- inauguration induction ceremony mm. that they'll do yep and Nancy has this like internal thought of um that's something that I'll I'll never I'll never know what goes on in that ceremony but it's something that Ned will remember and cherish for the rest of his life and that like made her happy and I was like oh we're thinking long term those, those are like wifey thoughts Nance <laughs> you're right you know? you're totally <laughs> just right. saying yeah whatever makes him she's, happy she's like she's like putting together their their future scrapbook already oh my you're so right good call right? good call yeah um my, I'm going to tell you, though, since you gave me Ned, I, my favorite thing that Ned has ever done in any of these books happened in this book. I know what you're going to say. I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> he um, he just off the cuff writes a little sleuthing limerick. 
<laughs> he and Nancy are out driving along and they, you know, as they do, they see, you know, a deserted cabin in the woods that they essentially break into and plunder um, looking for clues. But when, so Nancy gets left outside to be a guard on guard duty and Ned goes in to look around and he's, he's like singing out the door to her. Snoopy Ned Nickerson went to the cupboard to find Nancy Drew a clue, but when he got there, each cupboard was bare, and so there was no clue for Drew. Oh, gosh. I <laughs> hate it, and I love it at the same time. I know. It's such a <laughs> so funny. dad moment. Not our dad I, specifically, but like no, yeah, the collective dad. <laughs> yes. But but Ned is does give dad vibes, for sure. Oh, bless. Yeah, he's he's just a college footballer waiting for kids with a heart of gold. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So that that kind of concludes my my Ned comments. Did you have anything to add to that? No, I have no additional Ned comments. But now I would like to discuss George and Bess. Great. Who do you want to talk about? I want to talk about Bess. Please but do. That's not fair. Okay, do you it. talk about George first, and then I'll talk about Bess. Okay. George is very funny in this book. And this happens occasionally throughout the series, but not often. Um, she is drawing like quirky pictures of people to to mm-hmm. tease them. At one point, and I think we will discuss this, but at one point, Dave gets stuck in a chimney and she renders this in oil paint. No, but she like sketches this moment happening to make everyone laugh. She pulls a prank on Ned in the middle of the night and scares him to death. She, like, pops out from behind a door and pulls a, uh, what's it called? A pillowcase over his head. I forgot about that. Yes, she did. And is just like, hee, 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 sorry, Ned. I thought it'd be funny. I'm like, that's a bold move because he could have taken you out. Um, And she, so she's really funny and kind of, like, prankstery, which is unusual. But then she has this epic moment where nancy is trapped in a cellar uh we we have this very three stooges moment it's george and bess and the housekeeper and george keeps thinking of an idea and bess is like that'll never work and then they're like okay how about this and then bess will give feedback and then they're like housekeeper go get us a screwdriver okay housekeeper comes back with a screwdriver that didn't work (laughs) what about this housekeeper go get us an axe like it it just happened there's like five rounds of this that happen until they finally get in but the the big moment is george hatcheting down a basement door to get nancy out and i kind of loved it yeah no it was a great moment she uh yeah i mean she she i she figured it out and she also it was like it was like um brains and brawn all at once you know feats of strength i know i i loved george in this book and i never say that so (laughs) no we never say that no no george wasn't the worst in this book no but but she wasn't the best because bess was the best (laughs) but bess was the best this book should have been called bess marvin and the phantom of pine hill for sure (laughs) um yeah bess bess was like on fire in this book i mean she's she was totally herself she was the you know the 
um, the voice of reason and all of these things, like always going like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. You know, we're not going to chase this phantom in the dark along, you know, these Pine Ridge roads. Like, no, we're going home. Um, but at the end, this was the best part. At, at the end, Nancy, Bess and George decide to kind of like let lie in wait for the criminals to break into this library. And then and then they have no plan from there. There is <laughs> no functional plan, uh, which immediately doesn't work out for them because the robber absolutely had a plan, which is he had a like a water pistol full of some kind of knockout juice. Yeah. That he immediately sprays into the face of Nancy, who goes down like a sack of potatoes. And then George pops up thinking, you know, it can't happen to her too. And guess what it does? And Bess is like, oh, well, you know what? I don't, I need to not get knocked out with whatever's in that because then I won't be able to help my friends. Um, So she throws this gigantic book at Papa Fred, who bites it hard and cracks his head on the floor and gets knocked out. But then Bess has to go call the police and also keep Fred, the accomplice, from going into the library and discovering that they've been made yep. and that, you know, the, the, the jig is up, right? Yep. Until the police get there. So Bess turns on all of her powers of seduction and allure to distract young Fred. And it was fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. I mean... I, I I need all of these skills, right? Um, I mean, first, first the girl knows how to flirt. And when that seemed to be like, you know, when his attention seemed to be fading there, she's like, what, don't you like talking to me? And he's like, no, I like talking to you. And she goes, okay, well, do you want to get a piece of chocolate cake? You know, then it, it just like, she was pulling out every single item in her tool belt and then the cops got there and the bad guys were arrested and best saved the day it was great she did i it was very manipulative i was proud of her (laughs) don't you like talking to me don't you you wouldn't dare to hurt my feelings would you i was like yes get it i'm just a sweet i'm just a sweet young lady just a sweet little Bess. i will say both of them hilarious let me hilariously let me down and also nancy at one point because there's a entire sting operation happening in this house a, a Sting operation before the one we just discussed. And Nancy's like, Ned and I are going to stay up all night in the, the library and try to try to catch these guys. And they both just go to bed. <laughs> They're so sleepy. Yeah. Like, I, I'm too tired. Good luck with the main no, moment right. of this case. <laughs> for for, for, for a, a bunch of mystery elements that are all happening in the middle of the night in the house, they seem to have no problem falling asleep. Like, no. if I knew that there was a pretty good chance that a home invader was going to be in my house every night at around 2 a.m., I don't think I'd be sleeping so great. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I agree. Anyway. <laughs> They're sleepy. <Good> <laughs> Does that conclude real world River Heights? I think it does. I, I think yeah. it does. I mean, I could go on for years about this topic, but we sh- we shan't for the sake of time. That's <laughs> true. We have a, you know, already probably too long episode coming everyone's way anyway. So <laughs> um, we had a lot of like very classic Nancy Drew tropes in this book, which I feel like we should touch on just for continuity's sake. We sure do. Please lay yeah. it on me. Okay. Number, number one is... There's a ghost, but actually it's a secret passageway. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Yeah. You go. A destroyed canoe. 
Great one. Yep. Great one. Per, yep. A person's after them in their canoe, hits them. They don't see the person. Canoe sinks. And yet they mm-hmm. still drag the canoe to safety, which do. I would have just let it sink. But that's me. Not not a big boat saver, Karen, I guess. No. Nope. Um, Nancy's car gets stolen. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then it gets washed and returned, but it does get stolen. It does get stolen for yeah. an entire evening. Uh, we also had terrible interactions with the local police. Terrible. In this book. Um, the, the the chief we're dealing with, of the police force, is Chief Rankin here, not Chief McGinnis mm-hmm. from River Heights, who would never have hindered the case in the way that we saw in this book. He does not respect Nancy, and he just needs to get his act together. Yeah. Chief Rankin just doesn't know. He doesn't know. But he does now, I guess. He, he knows now. Yeah. yeah. A little too late, if you ask me. Yeah. Exactly. And then lastly, we had a sting operation. Oh, I know? love a Nancy Drew sting operation. Yeah, we, we, we set up all the crooks. We leave all the windows and light windows open and lights on and, you know, scatter money here, hither and yon and <laughs> wait for them to show up. That is correct. And they did. Okay, so this is not a classic Nancy Drew moment. My next favorite thing that I wanted to talk about, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a little thing in the book and isn't entirely that important. I guess it is important, but... The main guy, Mr. What's his name? Rorick. Mr. Rorick that they're trying to help. He, I, I guess, doesn't trust the bank. And uh, mm-hmm. he hides all of his cash in his library. And the way that he has hidden <laughs> them is, first of all, he only hides cash in books that have the word Roar in the title because his last name is Rorick. Mm-hmm. And then he will pick a page so page 150 and then he will put 150 dollars on mm-hmm. that page it's it's a very clever system yeah uh, it is except he didn't have a ledger of this anywhere so the criminals were coming in and taking little bits of money out of each book slowly over time and then moving it to their correct page so in the example <laughs> i gave they took 20 dollars so now it's 130 and then just moved it to page 130 because they had figured mm-hmm. out the system. And he couldn't remember. He had put them in like 50 books. So right. he's like, I don't How know. How you possibly know? Yeah. Right. So he didn't have a good total in mind or a way to <laughs> make a sure. A way to account for his funds. Indeed. Indeed. So yeah. all in all, I would not recommend this approach, but I thought it was cute. <laughs> I mean, I think it's great for eccentric millionaires that have Beauty and the Beast style libraries in their homes and, you know. The ability to lose thousands of dollars and not really notice it's gone missing. <laughs> you know, if you're in that kind of situation, I think a really kind of unique um, storage mechanism for individual dollars is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's a, you... not something that's going to work for me. <laughs> Same. I'm stressed out just thinking about it. <laughs> I, I cannot remember where my car keys are. Do you think I'm going to be able to remember some filing system like that? No, absolutely. No, no, no. I don't know yeah. what day of the week it is. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> um, I loved one of one of my favorite parts in general was just that there was like real danger in this book. Mm-hmm. It felt it felt dangereux. Oui. With a capital D en français. Um, Dave falls into the chimney <laughs> and gets stuck, and it was both hilarious and, I mean, potentially catastrophic. He falls in <laughs> head first. Yeah, he just like tips over the edge. He's and... upside down, dangling yeah. into a chimney. They have to pull him out by his feet. I, yeah. I, I recognize the humor in that in a cartoonish way, but in a real life way, 
Yeah, bad That's news bears. Bad. Yeah, and and I part part of the whole reason to have that moment in there is that he like figures something out about the flu system and that helps Nancy figure out where the secret passageway is. But like if there hadn't been twin flus in this chimney <gasps> twins he, <laughs> twins he uh he he could have just like gone straight down to the bottom mm-hmm. terrible no more terrible. dave yep and then george draws a little funny picture of him um nancy gets severely knocked out and concussed by a structurally unsound wall which in the phantom's defense was not the phantom's fault it was nancy's fault she just started going around and pulling walls over and one of them caved in on her um nancy and george once again fall off a cliff Mm -hmm. just fall right off um and yeah then i i already mentioned the water gun knockout spray i mean they're so lucky you know they're clearly not good at dodging stuff you know what if that had been like a more fatal kind of weapon i know i know also that knockout that you mentioned the concussion um Mm -hmm. that was the worst but like head injury we've seen in nancy drew because typically the people pop right back up and say oh i need to rest for a couple hours but she was not waking up for a long time Uh -uh. the doctor was very concerned about this she Uh had to be alone in her bedroom for a day it it was not Mm -hmm. good it was not good. I will say, um, minus one for Ned, when the doctor was like, nobody can see her for an hour, he was like, okay, well, I'm going to go home then. I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> yes. And I was like, no, sir. That is that is the wrong answer. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. He was like, later. <laughs> okay, well, I got to go. I think they're making pot roast back at the college. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so did you have any it would be awesome ifs? I... Hmm, kind of. Okay. I felt, I guess we haven't talked about this yet, but we have a scuba diving adventure in this book. Mm -hmm. Um, We're, you know, kind of trying to find a a sunken ship in a river that no one else has been able to find for years and years and years and years, even though it's large somehow. Mm -hmm. Multiple people searching could not find this. But Nancy and Ned are confident that they can. So they go scuba diving um, and... It just was very anticlimactic. Uh, so I thought it would have been awesome if when Nancy and Ned go submerge themselves, they find the shipwreck, and within the shipwreck, they discover a skeleton floating in the missing wedding dress that they've been looking for. And the skeleton mm. is pointing towards a hidden cave in which all of the treasure was stashed. I, I don't know, but what I'm trying to say is we had a wasted scuba diving adventure into a shipwreck. No, you're totally right. You're absolutely right. We went scuba diving for the sake of scuba diving. There were no clues gleaned from this at all. No, I wanted something yeah. cinematic to happen, and it mm-hmm. didn't. It didn't. It didn't. Also, you make a good point. Like, backing up from that, I don't know how they found this shipwreck that nobody for hundreds of years has been able to find. Oh, I agree. I I had to heavily, heavily, healthily, mm-hmm. heftily, all of the H's, suspend my disbelief mm-hmm. on that one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was wild. For a river is not that large. <laughs> tisn't. Sure, tis not. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I had a couple of suggestions, but I'll, I'll give you my favorite. Okay. okay? I think it would have been awesome if 
the mastermind behind the th- the th- the thieving, the thefting, the thefts, the thievery, had been Captain Rankin of the Emerson Police Force. Oh, say more words. Um. So, like backing up before Nancy and the Clue Crew even got there. Um, the uh, Uncle John and Mrs. Holman, his his uh, like housekeeper, had been already in contact with Captain Rankin, saying, you know, there's something going on out here, and somebody's breaking into the house, and things have been disturbed, and I think things are going missing. Um, and he was very dismissive of the whole thing, even though these people have been in the community for literally ever. Yep. Um, he's very dismissive. He doesn't do any investigating, etc. Um, and then when Nancy comes on the scene and she starts investigating, then all of a sudden he starts getting much more involved. And I felt like there were, there were some, um, overlaps in investigating or or coincidences that happened that actually I was like, is this going to be a real twisteroo here? Are we going to find out that this was the, the police chief all along? Um, like her car goes missing and... When she calls in the police force, all of a sudden it just turns back up. Yep. Oh well, uh, it like gets returned. The first time she calls him, he's like, she calls to to check in at the end of the night, and is like, "Have you found it?" And he's like, "Nope, got nothing." And nope. uh, yep. all my guys went home for the night, and then mm-hmm. miraculously the next morning, oh well, here it is. Mm. Exactly. He's very dismissive of her pearls being stolen and all of this. So I'm like, I don't know. The the other thing that I that kind of made me think that could work was. So Nancy and when, in the in the limerick hut, um, they they find this like set of locksmithing tools essentially hidden, which then they just steal and take to Captain Rankin. And I was like, wouldn't it be interesting if they're just returning the tools to the guy who is using them? Yes. You know, it's they think they're giving them, they're turning them over to the police so that they're now taken out of the hands and not available to the criminal yeah. who's breaking into these locks anymore. And in reality, they're just turning them back over to the criminal. Like, oh, wait, thank you. I didn't want to have to go to the hut myself this evening. This is much Precisely. easier. Good yeah. call, Kelly. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I thought that would be fun. And like, you know, maybe we find out that, because I liked Fred. I felt bad for poor young Fred. Um and I thought, you know, maybe this is an evil police chief who's, like, blackmailing this young guy who works in this house to help him gain access, you know, by threatening Fred's dad or something like that. Yep. So, I don't know. I thought it could have been a real interesting little twisteroo. Good motive, Kelly. Good motive. Yeah. Thanks, Karen. Well. That's all I got. Kelly, I have one, two, three, four things on Nancy's never-ending resume from this book fantastic whip them on me number one she is and i have this in quotes an archaeologist (laughs) Uh, and the two pieces of evidence i have to back that up are that somehow as we just discussed she locates a sunken ship in a river that hundreds of other searchers have never been able to uncover Mm -hmm. Uh, she also apparently knows how to dig up a sacred burial ground Uh, Mm -hmm. however she knows where to go but she does not care about protocol or like permission, I would say. <laughs> uh, she inadvertently digs up a human skeleton 
which yep. probably destroyed some important stuff in the process. And I did, I just, I did not love that. No, I mean, it. I can understand digging for buried treasure and being like, uh-oh, I think that's a femur. And then that's where you stop. The end. Right. Yep. Then, then we're done. We don't continue to excavate the entire grave and then call in for reinforcements. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That made me uncomfortable. Just in case that ever happens to you. Uncomfy. You know. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also put that she's a tracker, like, you know, that guy from Lord of the Rings. Uh, we, she's always no, followed. I don't know that reference. She, that guy with, oh, man, I can't think of his name. Somebody who's listening knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, Viggo Mortensen plays his character, and I can't think of his name. Um, Nancy has always followed footprints around. We know this to be true. But in this one, it's very, like, trackery. She's, like, tracking prints through dusty roads. She's tracking the the fall off of a wet grass through a recently mm. mown field um she's in a like prairie situation and looking at how the weeds are bent um mm. and my my note i wrote down is you got feet nancy's gonna find you <laughs> <laughs> nobody's safe yes um you pointed out that she is a thief she just steals a bunch of locksmithing equipment um mm. which could have been very important to someone's livelihood that maybe wasn't involved in the case who knows yeah. um and then last but not least, she is still the most beautiful girl in the world. <laughs> Very true. She is so beautiful that every time she sees Fred Jenkins, he he drops a whole tray of drinks onto her. And then she walks into a room and he's carrying a vase full of flowers and he drops the vase. And he, he just, <laughs> and both times it's because she's just so beautiful that he can't <laughs> keep his wits about him. I just... She's she's like the Alexander Skarsgård of women. <laughs> oh, you do love a Skarsgård. I do. Aww. They're yeah, Skarsgård or bust man. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> what what whatever floats you. So open questions, Kelly. Is anything keeping you up at night about? Nancy Drew in the Phantom of Pine Hill. Yeah. Um, big question is why are we leaving like a hundred thousand dollars worth of rare coins and thousands of dollars in cash in a room that is being broken into nightly? Mm. Mm-hmm. Like at what point are we like, you know what, maybe we should remove the temptation mm-hmm. and take it to, you know, a bank. I have no I- rejoinder to that. <laughs> Good talk. I was like, I, I'm, I'm, I have, I have less sympathy than I probably should for Uncle John Rorick, because of his banking mechanism in the face of ongoing theft. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Yep. How about you? Open questions. I have one. Can you explain to me what the deal was with the thumbprint papers? Sure, can't. So weirdest thing I've ever read. Okay, that makes me feel better because I. I have I had no idea. So for folks who haven't read this, the the bad guy, aka Mr. Fred's dad, twice leaves behind a piece of paper with like dark inked thumbprints on it. They're not fingerprints on an item. It's just a piece of paper with thumbprints. At one point, one of them falls down out of a tree, like floats down onto Nancy. And she stashes it as a clue. And then I think they find another one in the library when the library has been ransacked. And yeah. I I don't think we 
get anything out of that. No, I mean, I, I think he he says, Mister Mr. Fredstad said he he had like a really big a big dude friend of his make them for him, so that they would think that the Phantom was huge. But why and would he like, just oh, okay, leave but like, a, a print of his fingerprints behind right, on a piece of paper? Really weird. It doesn't make any logical sense. So okay. anyway, well, thank you. Yeah, you're you're welcome. So sorry. <laughs> Um, so Karen, this week we are going to rate Nancy Drew and the Phantom of Pine Hill out of a 12, possible 12 padlocked libraries. Ooh. Yeah. With no alarms. (laughs) All right. I give this book six out of 12 padlocked libraries. Mm -hmm. And I don't have math for you. I will just say that I've just never been so unsure of my feelings about a Nancy Drew book. And I, I feel like I need to honor that. You do. In my score. I think that's. I think that feels right. Thank you. Um, I, I'm gonna give it also six out of twelve padlock libraries. Ooh, yep, yep, sick burn. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. You know. I. It, I. It was not great. And also, we overused every trope too much in this book. Um, I. I'm gonna say I. I do love a secret passageway. I hope one day to have one, but. This is too obvious. Yeah. You know, yeah. we've crossed the path of too obvious. Um, I did love Bess getting her little moment in the glory, but that was about it. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Six out of 12. Right. Not a, not a yeah. full failure, but not the, not the highest we've ever rated one. <laughs> Correct. We don't need to return to this one ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that being said, what are we reading next, sis? Well, next time we are discussing Nancy Drew and the mystery of the 99 steps, which A, looks very spooky on the cover, and B, involves blackmail and a trip to France. Yes. Uh-huh. Ooh, I like all of those things. I know. Me too. Yay. Well, thank you to everyone for listening. And if you would please rate, review, subscribe, tell us, tell a friend, and you can find us on Instagram at It's a Clue Podcast. If you're so inclined, you can become a Helen Corning friend on Patreon, which is essentially a bestie of the show. We'll give you a shout out on the show when you become a Patreon. And now we've got some extra short bonus content for all of our episodes that you'll get to hear. Uh, you can also help us pick out our super sleuth titles for future episodes. And Karen, remember what we learned today in Nancy Drew and the Phantom of Pine Hill. Nothing. Sorry, just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) If your methodology for hiding valuables around your house is so complicated that you don't even realize if it's gone missing, your methodology is flawed. You need to get a (laughs) lockbox. Yes. And with that, happy happy sleuthing. sleuthing. It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow. It's-